Hey everybody, welcome back to The Fam. I'm so excited to share today's episode with you. I got to sit down with Hebron Gabriel Merriam and we had a great conversation. Hebron and his wife Deanna have four kids, really beautiful family, and Hebron has been a teacher for many years. Now, starting this year, he's going to be working as a consultant for the school board, and his experience through teaching uh, brought us diving into a variety of topics today around parenting. We talked about having awkward conversations with our kids about you know, dating and sex and how we deal with that. We talked about how do we handle technology and the way that it impacts the way our kids are thinking and learning. We also touch on developing mentor relationships. What does that even mean? Why is having a mentor helpful? Hebron breaks it down with his experience um, with him and Deanna and their mentors. And he speaks with great wisdom, lots of experience, and we had a lot of fun chatting today. So I hope that this conversation is helpful for you. By the way, if you've been enjoying this podcast, we would love if you would share it. Share it with friends, share it with family members, other parents in your life that you think would find it helpful. You can take a screenshot, share it on social. You can tag us at koinonia.church. We're just so thankful for those of you that are a part of the fam and that are taking time to learn together. All right, now that we have the podcasty stuff out of the way, let's get right into my conversation with Hebron. All right, Hebron, welcome welcome to the fam. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh man, it's so good. It's good so to good see to see your big old smile. Yeah. <laughs> How's your family doing? Have you guys been having a good summer? We have. You know, it's been like slow as usual. I feel like everyone's summer is slow. And yeah. it's been good in a way for for our kids to have that slowness, right? To just like not expect things to be like... Because our summers are usually like... We throw routine out of the way and every every day, every other day is like an exciting thing happening. So it's been really good for them. Uh, but I can't believe how quickly it's already winding down. I know, seriously. Did you feel the temperature this morning? It's it was like ten degrees. It's like pumpkin spice weather. Oh, let's go. Uh, <laughs> do you prefer the hot pumpkin spice or like the cold? Hot. Yeah. I'm almost, but I'm also like very particular. Like you know how they came out. I don't know when. It, I think it was like a week ago or whatever. I'm yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. L- last week of no, August. No one's having it yeah. in this weather. It's got to cool down a bit. Right? I know. So when it's cool and you have to put on your jeans, then I'm like, yeah, now I can. Let's go. Get the pumpkin going. That's incredible. Well, I'm (laughs) thankful for you making some time for the fam. I think our conversation will be fun today. Uh, I've been really enjoying these conversations because everybody Mm -hmm. that I've talked to um, is, you know, just an everyday parent, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think makes it special because, you know, I'm not like, all right, let's, let's get the gurus in from around the world and you know, solve all the big questions, but we've just been hearing from people's experience with their kids and their experience parenting based on their perspective from their job or their family environment or whatever. Um, So I thought it would be great to have a conversation with you because if I understand correctly, you teach grade 5-6? Yes, so I've been teaching a gamut of 5-6 mixes for the last few years. And actually, recently, I am um, now a consultant in okay. the board. So just Whoa. just as of this June, it's been uh, an interesting transition. So what is a consultant? So consultants will basically um, be a resource to teachers and okay. principals and schools, um, like uh, kind of a coach and a resource for 
uh, information for how to best practices problem solving big time we come in and problem solve stuff so okay um, yeah so it's been like an interesting journey but yes I've been teaching for like uh, 10 years now that's it's incredible crazy. I know whoa it's weird to think that I'm getting that old <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you pick grade five six or how did that work you know what I think it was totally like uh, God aligning things. So I started actually in intermediate world. So my first, my, because uh, my background's in engineering. Okay. So I have a lot of math. Um, so I started, and I wanted, I didn't want to do high school. I, I wanted the younger kids. Yeah. So I started intermediate, which means like grade seven and eight. And okay. then um, uh, I met an amazing principal, worked for her. And then she got shuffled to another school, and like within days, a position opened, and my my kind of contract, we they're called LTOs in teaching world, okay. was ending. And then it just things were perfectly aligned, and I moved, I followed her, and I, and I actually right now the reason I'm a consultant is I get to work for her again, which is pretty sweet. That's so um, cool. Yeah, she's she's amazing. I and I think you know God worked that out perfectly, and. So now that's when I got into more grade five, six, but I, yeah, really anything grade four and up, I love. Yeah. I mean, I love the little guys too, but yeah. I'm just like, I have friends who are kindergarten teachers and I go into their class all the time, but I'm like, nothing would get done. I would just <laughs> play with them and then oh. the parents would ask me, what What did you guys learn? And right. then it would be a very awkward conversation. Like we just had a ton of fun. <laughs> we had a ton of fun. <laughs> So, yes, that's kind of, yeah, that's my brief journey, brief uh, review of what, what I've kind of been doing the last few years. That's so cool. It's It's been interesting for me having conversations with different people on this mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and, you know, from children's pastor to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, international missions organization person to, like, guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing how people's work influences the way that they parent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because it is, I just think it's really special the way that that works and the way that God uses what we do every day to help strengthen our family. Mm. Um, so actually, I realize I always forget to ask people to give us a bit of a context for what their family is like. Mm-hmm. So maybe yes. before we go any further, tell us about your family. What okay. uh, What's going on? In- so um, uh, Deanna and I have been married for 13 years. Whoa. This past Congratulations. May. I know, it's crazy. 13 years. That's awesome. Um, uh, it goes by really fast, trust me. <laughs> I bet. Uh, so we have four kids, okay. two boys and two girls, uh, Josiah and Isaiah and Hannah and Grace. And um, their ages are in that order, 10, 9, 8, and 6. So they were like, we were four under four and a half is yeah. our record. That's so impressive work. We, they're close together. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that my family is like, so we've got, a, you know, they're a big troop. They're kind of, when you get to know them, they're comfortable with you. They're they're loud and, you know, fun yeah. and stuff. And so because awesome. they're so close in age, there's like, they do fun things together. They're buddies, but they're also in the same stage of like thinking and, you know, their, their mental, you know, growth and we in teacher world we call that like pedagogy and stuff but okay they they think the same which is great because they get really along interesting. In, in some ways but then it's also like a really clear source of conflict so we've so? been well um we ever find like if you have somebody who's um 
sometimes has a similar bent. So if you, two people are tend to be strong-minded mm-hmm. or opinionated, yeah. they're going to rub each other. Sure. They might get along when they agree, but when they disagree, they... So it's that kind of uh, aspect where because they're in the same stage, they do so many things together. They play together. They have fun together. But they also... Um, it, we're in this stage of, like, conflict resolution. And how do you, like problem solve I actually just had a conversation with Hannah today I was like well you know you hear and this is the teacher brain I'm probably jumping ahead but that's fine as a teacher and being home the last six months has not probably been the best for my kids because I hear (laughs) everything and I know I'm like in the basement and in the backyard I hear a certain shriek and I'm like yeah yeah okay this sounds like oh okay and then I come up and 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 you know, lo and behold, there's a conflict, and we have to. <laughs> nope, can't let it pass. We have to, you know, we have to talk it through and work it out and make sure. So, anyway, today I was having uh, a conversation with Hannah, but no, are you are you being kind? Number one, are you being kind? Awkward long pause, and then I was like, well, if you have to think about it that long, <laughs> it, it probably means you weren't intentionally being kind oh man and then the, the second part was like are you solving the problem like because the problem is usually not the person like 90 percent of the time the problem is not the person so are you solving the problem or are you just you know angry at the angry person at the person so is it good so those things do, are, do you feel like she I, I i love that interaction do you feel like she got got it like does that distinction between so, uh, working through the conflict versus dealing with the person like does that does that click for her how old how old is hannah can you remember she's eight okay so yeah i think it does but i think habits like this is kind of what you see as a as a teacher um people have patterns of behavior yeah and kids especially that they aren't aware of right and even when they're aware of them they it takes a while for them to start acting on those patterns to like rearrange them right mm. so you're kind of an external conscience or an external brain that's going hey this is the same pattern we had that conversation about oh okay okay let's reset go back try it again so that's basically i mean we've had this conversation with hannah before but i think it just happens again it's like um, you kind of identify it as this is what's going on okay so what are we going to try okay you're going to do that okay go back and try it again um so i think she's cognitively she's able to understand what it is right but it takes time and continued kind of like like reminders and the the same conversation for her to apply it to change to change that pattern more and more so yeah i like the way you phrased that that like parents are can be an external conscience Mm -hmm. um because it's easy to think that we need to just like think for our kids but conscience is informing like the way that you're thinking yeah. and I think that's a cool distinction especially f- for young kids helping them understand conflict that way because my, growing up my parents uh, did a lot of marriage counseling yeah. um, for other couples but their marriage counseling always happened to inform their parenting so when <laughs> so then my dad would be like so, son, we teach this in marriage counseling. And, you know, when you're a couple, you need to approach the conflict as a team and attack the conflict. Don't attack the person. And so yeah, it's cool to hear you totally, yeah, teaching your eight-year-old that. And I'm like, man, does that click for her? Because I feel like some days it still is clicking for me as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> so it's right? cool that she is, you're working on that. Like, that's, Absolutely. that's really cool. It's like, it's just 
interesting because I what I've learned too and over this season of just being in close proximity for long periods of time mm-hmm. for the whole family is like oh you know I'm gonna have more grace for our kids to 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 need that repeated conversation because as an adult um, I mean as parents who are tired and work you know you just kind of like okay like we've had this conversation yeah. 17 times this week <laughs> when is it going to oh so there's a difference between them cognitively understanding and then being able to apply it right yeah yeah totally how do you keep having the conversation as a as a tired parent like oh how do you do that i don't know i think oh, god's grace is needed there yeah <laughs> like, it's so needed totally it, there's no way you can do it of your own strength right yeah um there's times where, like last night, we were hearing noises from upstairs. It's past bedtime, right? We're like, okay, somebody's up and like, what? Like, our house isn't that big. We can hear. Right. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. Choices. Anyway, but, and I, and I had to be like, you need, you need to go. Like you. And she's like, why am I going up? Because I'm like, if, if I go up, somebody's going to cry. Okay. <laughs> so you, <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's fun being able to tag team a bit there because, Sometimes you just don't have knowing like I'm not in like I'm tapped out and I don't mm-hmm. have the presence of mind to have this conversation right now. Right. Right. Working as a team. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, no, that's cool. I wanted to follow that bunny trail just because I think mm-hmm. it's so, so neat that you are working with your eight year old on conflict resolution. And I was just talking with some, some, some adults who have not figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I think that's incredible. Um, I would love to know, as a teacher and now as a consultant, this I mean, this would be mm-hmm. new, um, you, I imagine, have worked with a ton of parents mm-hmm. and see parents on every spectrum from, like, you know, zero involvement with their kids and are like, you're at school, you're probably doing fine, whatever, to the other end of the spectrum. Julie Hubbard gave me a new term called snowplow parents <laughs> who Whoa. who just like clear everything out of their way and then, for their kids yeah, so they don't have any nef- problems. No, yeah. So from like, you know, hands off to snowplow, big spectrum. Um, has your experience with that spectrum of parenting changed or influenced the way that you and Deanna parent mm. your kids? What has that been like? Yeah, I think it definitely has. It's hard to say. It, it would be hard to say that it hasn't. Yeah. I think... I was reflecting a little bit. Um, you kind of un, you, you kind of pick up on qualities that you see in other people that you're like, oh, you know what? That's really. It could be something very practical and small, or um, just the personalities, and you're like, oh, you know, um, I see like how that parent interacts with their kid and the way they treat them and it's like oh I, I, you get to see that maybe more readily in my career just because I'm hanging out with those people all the time and go oh I really like that right and so you pick up bits and pieces of things that kind of speak to your heart um and kind of influence you um and then you pick up oh you know what um I think you tend to be able to have grace for yourself a bit more because mm. you get to I think sometimes as parents who are maybe not not necessarily isolated, but we 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 know like the ins and out of our own families, but we don't know the ins and outs of other people's families. So we have like a really 
nice image of these families from their Insta accounts, right? Yes, like, totally. And, and it's like, oh man, that family has it so together. Yeah. They're like so happy and like, Sure, oh, their kids I, are wearing matching clothes. Yeah, like no right? one has breakfast like, on their face. Exactly, like yeah. everything's, their house is so nice and things. But as a teacher, um, just walking through things with families, you see a bit more than other people would. So you, you and you practice um, that grace for those people because you're like, oh man, this family's going through this really difficult situation or, you know, they have this tendency and it's a bad habit, but I know it's so hard to manage this and that. And, you know, um, you have grace for them, but then you don't really have grace for yourself hmm. as, as a parent. So then that kind of open opens your eyes a little bit to go, oh yeah, like I'm human. I need God's grace and strength to, to be the right you know, parent and to be guiding my kids towards what God has. So there's like, yeah, those two sides, you know, you see parents, you're like, oh yeah, I want to try that. And I want to see why they, and then the other side would be like, oh, you know what? Like life is hard sometimes. (laughs) Seriously. You just gotta, gotta like rely on Christ and give, give grace to yourself for, you know, those things that you, you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's really cool. It's always encouraging for me when I hear people talking about how they're learning from other families mm-hmm. because that requires humility, like yeah. totally. And I also think it's important to what you mentioned about making more space for grace for yourself um, in your own home. And it's funny now that I, you know, my son is like 20 days old or something. I forget how old he is. Um, and... Now I'm thinking about comparing, like it hasn't hit me until this moment that it's that comparing not just myself, but now my family and my son to other families and kids is going to be something that I have to walk through. Um, And it's, it's, that's just hitting me in this moment, honestly. Um, How do you deal with that? Is that, is that difficult? Like the comparison? Yeah, I think it depends. It depends on people's bents and personalities too. Yeah. Um, that whole and we're, I'm gonna, it, it'll come up in our conversation. I feel like more and more, but that whole identity piece, you know, understanding our identity in Christ hmm. um, as parents, yeah, um, really informs that. And then understanding the identity that God has put in your in your child, because yeah. when you have your second and your third, you'll be like, oh, this is. Initially, you're gonna be like, oh, I've done this before, right? It's, it's like, like changing, same formula, changing yeah. diapers and yeah. like trying to on. get them to have yeah. a soother. Like, and it's... then you're like, this kid is completely different right like they don't you know yeah and then you realize so that even it in the same mix in, in terms of like dna right like mm-hmm. you have the same mix it's the same formula yeah. but they're so different like right. their personalities are so different but then you start to realize you know other families have different kids and and just that whole you know in the baby stage it tends to be like oh you know my baby's doing this my baby's, my yeah. baby's doing that and it's yeah. Like, yeah you know what my yeah. baby slept last night. Like. Yeah, right? And you're like, you know what? They're healthy. Like, yeah. uh, they're going to be very different. Totally. Um, but it's hard, um, I think, that reminding ourselves of who we are and, like, who God has given us as our kids and our family. Um, you know, certain families do it this way and do it that way. But you know what? Our DNA is a bit different. Like, we, we don't. You know, we don't really necessarily lean that way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because we're a different family. Like, yeah. We're different people. 
I think, yeah, reminding yourself of that is, is helpful. Having mentors too, that, that kind of remind you that, oh yeah, that, that's a crazy season, that baby season. That's just the way it is. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. Like, you know, and then also that to, to celebrate, we have, we've have mentors who are so positive and they just are always celebrating us. And then so you, you leave so encouraged that you right. completely like, forget. We can do this. Yeah, and you completely forget like any of the comparisons of, oh, you know, this and that, and this issue and that, you know, progress check list sure. or whatever. Right. So, yeah. I like that you brought up the, the piece about mentorship because mm. that's been something in my life that I had, you know, as a young man, as a teenager, um, and, you know, working in ministry and, and that way. Um, mentor has mentorship has been a big part of my journey. What has what has that been like for for you and Deanna as as a family and mm-hmm. as as a couple um, as your your kids grow and what how how does because uh, you you mentioned you have mentors yes, yes. Um, that, what is that like how how does that work for you guys uh, you know what we um, so it's it's been very cool because God connected so this is going back to like first year university I got connected with the Bradfords and they're fantastic um they they do a lot of university kid ministry and stuff like that and we just grew with them and um and it came along and then it was the two of us and then they did we we got engaged and it was like hey do you guys want to get together and talk about this stage in your life so I don't so basically like and then we had kids and then we talked about because they've had have, have kids and, right. they, and we talked about their what happened when they were they had their kids and how they you know and they um we just did life with them that um as our family grew and grew um and I think you don't necessarily need to I think each family will have different models of mentorship sometimes it's people who are because for Brian and Ann there were people who were really far ahead like Hmm. you know they were retired okay um and we were in university sure right so they were similar age to their kids yeah probably yeah but actually even younger like okay we were like that's incredible we were a good 10 years or so young so there's a huge and usually you'd think to yourself all those people are in a completely different stage of life and and all that stuff but it really depends on who what god puts on their heart and your heart and how god brings you together right Mm -hmm. um and then it goes the other way too, because we have friends who have young, like we're past baby stage, and we have people who come over with babies, right. and it's like the best ever, because <laughs> yeah, you miss it. You you don't think you when you have four or under four and a half, you're like, oh man, when this is over, I'm right. gonna be fine. But yeah. then you actually you miss it. Yeah. So, um, and being able to just encourage them and uh, speak into their life is super special for sure. So, they're and they're kind of they're very close to our age right mm-hmm. but we're still able to i wouldn't necessarily call a mentor but able to help and god encourage yeah um so yeah that's kind of how we uh have walked through this mentorship with the bradfords i think i would i would say that yeah that's really cool for people yeah. who don't know totally know mm-hmm. what it's like to have a mentor or what that means um, how do the Bradfords, mm-hmm. that's their last name, Bradfords, yeah. how, do they, how do they speak into your life or into your parenting? Like, what does that look like? 
Um, like, do you guys go over and you're like, yo, we're dealing with this. What do we do? Yeah. Or like, how does that work? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sometimes it's casual. I think it all depends on the relationship you develop with that person. Um, because we'd known them for so long, we would, we'd go over for breakfast and we'd bring the kids. Right. That's and awesome. Like, and we actually like, this is something really special. I'm going off on tangents. So. That's great. <laughs> if this goes too long, you can just edit this part out. <laughs> so we they have these amazing like metal truck toys from when their kids were kids in the 60s like dang so these are like indestructible indestructible but also super cool so like they we would go it was special when the kids were smaller to like go there and they would play with it and it's been really sweet because they gave us like two boxes of like their those toys wow and so the kids still have it at our house Whoa. but anyway we would just go and hang out we'd you know um we'd make breakfast together and we'd just chat um i think earlier on we've had times where it was more like okay let's uh, you know brian would prepare something let's discuss this and, mm. and and we would do that sometimes and other times it's just we just hang out and conversation things come up right mm. oh yeah we dealt with this and and it it's everything in our life and so there wasn't really they, they weren't like oh we're going to mentor you in this specific area it was like we're just doing life together and be like okay you know what i have this situation with a friend and how did you guys and like oh yeah let me tell you because this happened and, and just i think that's what i valued from the bradford is just like their capacity to be like oh we have so much life experience and we just are very openly sharing with you and how things went and then they were also very intentional about things that they never were like, you should do this. Hmm. I noticed that a lot. They, hmm. I think, you know, they, they've really valued our own thinking and they wanted us to process things. So they'd be like, they'd share their experience, they share what's on their heart, um, but they would never be like, okay, this is the decision you should make or this is what I think you should do. It, right. So um, anyway, so yeah, that's kind of how it was very organic. And, and I know a lot of situations where mentors have a very mechanical way where, you know, we meet every at this place and we discuss these things. We're working through stuff. And that's fine, too. Like, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you said at the beginning, like, everybody's relationship with somebody who speaks mm-hmm. into their life is going to look different based on who you are and the yeah. way your family operates. And so that's thanks for sharing that because I think, I think it's important. Um, it's always important to remind me that... Uh, the body of Christ is to build each other up and mm-hmm. equip each other. And what you just described of organically doing life together and working through problems and, you know, just simply eating breakfast and sharing special things like the trucks, like that, yeah. like that's, that's, that's the, that's the church. Like that's, that's exactly. life together. So that's so cool. It's, and it's so good. Like, it's just, yeah, it's so good. And I think even having those that awareness of mentorship discipleship Mm -hmm. has rubbed off so much on us Uh, because of them right that that relationship and and so we're always kind of we have that heart because it's what it's just rubbed off from right you picked it up from yeah it's really cool that's so special if there was if there was Mm -hmm. anything that you would say to maybe there's some parents listening who are like whoa i that sounds amazing how do i go about fostering that relationship with somebody does anything come to mind mm, that's a good question um i like, know i didn't prepare you but that no, was just no, that's something great. that's flowing I th- what what i what i can share maybe how mm, our relationship 
the NNI's relationship with the Bradfords kind of began. Yeah. And that gives you an idea. So um, I was in a small group, and uh, in that small group, it was a Bible study, and there was a couple that were hosting, and then um, the Bradfords were kind of leading the discussion piece. Um, and I remember going to university in this a very crucial part of my life where I, um, it was just like I just wanted to have that intellectual connection in my faith too, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and just digging into the word and digging into um, the intellectual part of apologetics and stuff was was like just forefront. Yeah, I remember Ravi. Z- I don't know if you know Ravi Zacharias. Yes, he had come to UW and wow. had a yeah. He was at Heggy Hall and we'd went and he he did he did a topic called. Uh, truth in in a relativistic world or something like that and it was just epic anyway during that time that stuff was like forefront in my mind yeah and i just noticed like brian always made me think Hmm. like he never asked obvious questions he always like just presented things in ways that made me think and i was like i like how he does that and like (laughs) he just had a funny personality too to go with that Mm -hmm. and we just clicked and then i started dating deanna and i brought her out and um Man, they were like the first time she was out. They were like already had a banter going, right? Which, sure. <laughs> and they're like, he's, like and he's making fun of her. She's making fun of him. And I was <laughs> like, this is awesome. Anyway, so I think we had a connection. We like, and then um, there was a moment. There was a time when we when we got engaged, and we actually went to them and said, "Hey, um, you know, we've we already have counseling that we have to do through the 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 church that married us." Mm-hmm. Um, really value like we just see so much in in you guys would you guys like to just is it okay if we sit down together and just talk through things Mm -hmm. um and then brian jumped on that because he he that's his thing right so he's like yes we would love to and like and he he precursed it like we're not counselors we're not experts yeah we would love to do this and we're like that's amazing so basically that's kind of how it started that's so cool we did our own unofficial side premarital counseling stuff yeah went every week for like I think it was three or four months um and then from there we got married and then you know they they ended up being part of our wedding ceremony so it grew from there yeah um so anyway a lot of times you will meet someone who will strike you that way if I'm I'm from the perspective someone looking for a mentor yeah and you'll be like yeah there's something about this person I just like really enjoy I have a connection I I I want to emulate some of the things they're doing. Yep. And I encourage you. I know sometimes it's really awkward for you to be like, hey, um, do you want to go for a coffee? Yeah. <laughs> totally. But just, yeah, I encourage you to go and reach out. Have If you have a family with young kids and you can't do that, just have them over one day, you know? Yeah. Um, you're just coffee, like tea. like, And we're very, we want to minimize the... The, the burden of hospitality on yourself, right? Mm. People will come to your house for, that's a imp- of, for a cup of coffee. That's important. Put, yeah, right? You don't have to have anything fancy. And like, and I've, I always do this at my house. I'm like, I want it to be comfortably clean. Yes. You know? Yeah. If it's too clean yeah. and spotless, yeah. people aren't going to be comfortable in my house. They're, like, they're going to be like, I'm going to break something. Do I sit or here? Do I or sit Do here? I just stand? Like... <laughs> Do you remember? I don't know. This is from the '90s. Do you remember the couches that had like the plastic wrap yes, or saran wrap? Totally. <laughs> do I sit on the saran wrap? Yeah. Couch? Do I just look at it? What? Uh, 
Anyway, so like I think you know, I love don't, that. Don't worry about your house being the burden perfect. of hospitality. That's great. Minimize that. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And it's the company that counts, right? Totally. So we we clean up the house so people aren't like ill. Right. Right. <laughs> you don't want that. Like kind of like okay, you should sweep up that pile of yeah. sand in the corner. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but like it's okay for them to know you live there. <laughs> yeah, it should it should be comfortably should be like they they don't feel bad sitting on anything anyway. But that, um, that reaching out and saying, "Hey, do you do you want to do you want to come over and just chat?" Like I really, uh, you know, want to hang out with you. And then you know the, the people who who you click with and God puts on your heart likely have that desire to pour into somebody else's life too, right? Totally. So yeah, we've been so blessed by the Bradfords in so many ways. It's just been amazing. So. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, even just to distill that down, what I heard you say at the beginning was when you were getting to know them and before mm-hmm. you like kind of formally asked, hey, can we learn from you guys? Um, you liked being around him. Mm-hmm. Like that's a key. Yeah. And then you, he was somebody that you said, oh, I want to become like this guy by the way that he thought and the mm-hmm. way that he spoke and what he provoked you to think about. Yeah. Um, and so I think those are two easy things that, you know, yeah. if you're looking for a mentor, like somebody you actually like to be with, yeah. And somebody you want to become like. Like that's yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Oh, thanks for sharing that. I and think And then like on the flip sorry. Yeah. On the flip side of that too is like um you're never it's never too early for you to have someone you're mentoring. Hmm. Because I think a lot of times, um I mean even the the this people who would be seniors or so in our in our churches and congregations tend to think oh you know what i don't really have that much to offer i right. don't really have you know i'm not really eloquent i'm not yeah i'm, I'm not, not a, a big re- i'm not a big reader or like i'm not intellectual i'm not you know um but you never know who god is going to be bringing across your path you know and so i think as as mentees or people who are, who are looking to disciple others, yeah. you shall kind of have that open heart, ready to, because God's going to bring someone across your path, um, and ready to receive them. Because I think if you talk to the, and if you, if I brought the Bradfords over and they chatted, they would tell you how much they enjoyed um, what they do, you know, and and beyond us, I mean, they mentored lots and lots of kids and. Um, university kids and uh, and others. So, anyway, I just wanted to add that piece because yeah. you, you know to be to be you don't you don't have to have it all together, you know, to to be mentoring someone. Yeah, that's so good. That's yeah. so good. Awesome. Um, okay, I kind of mm-hmm. want to change gears a little bit. Yes. Something that I've been thinking about a lot um, through youth ministry and Mm. and through you know kids that i um that i know and that i get to help walk through life's challenges Mm. um is this idea between preparing your kids for what they're going to experience Mm. in the world and protecting them from some of the things that are that kids should be protected from yeah absolutely i i it it's such a difficult balance um but I'd be curious to know how have you navigated that? What mm-hmm. it, how, how, how have you navigated protecting your kids from something and preparing them for what they're going to experience? Yeah. I, I know it's not simple, but um, yeah, I think it's something that we, we, we should talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so crucial. Um, you know, it's one of the things 
I'm not, I definitely don't do this perfectly, but I really value is like just really taking time to observe and like listen and like study your kids. Hmm. Because a lot of times you'll know based on that, you'll know what they've been exposed to maybe, Hmm. right? Um, you'll know what they're ready for yeah. to discuss and, and um, what's forefront, even in their heart, right? Their heart has to be in a place. And the Holy Spirit, obviously, God's crazy. The Holy Spirit guides us. Their heart yeah. has to be in a place that's open to discuss. And um, I think a lot of times at the church, we shy away from heavy topics or controversial topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the worst thing you can do. Hmm. Because the first person to discuss and this is pedagogically, the first person to discuss a topic with a child in that child's mind becomes the expert. So if your kid's going to, I don't know, maybe a public school, they, they're in grade six, seven, whatever they are, anyway, they discuss a certain topic, the person that's first, even if it's a peer sometimes, who brings up a certain topic, you know, whatever taboo and sure. topic it might be, yeah. becomes the expert. Wow. So I think as parents, one of the best things we can do, and my parents did a really good job of this, and I jokingly talk about my parents being kind of like hippie and they were hipsters before hipsters were a thing. Let's go. Um, but they loved Jesus, right? And yeah. they were everything, there was no topic of discussion that was off the table. Like hmm. everything was upfront. Um, so building that in your home is huge, that kind of level of, yeah, my mom and dad talk about everything. Yeah. So if I have a question, I can go to them. You know? That's really cool. Um, but also just you, you get to like hear what your kids are talking about because they don't necessarily know that they shouldn't be talking about it. Right. If, you know, you set that yeah. culture so they're like, yeah, you know what? I saw this. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> you, know? right. you don't want to react. But in the back of your head, you're like, ooh. Right. Yes. Right. You're like, yes. Okay, let's. Okay, perfect. Um. Like, like thank you for telling me. Thank you for telling me. And now <laughs> let's. This is where we're going. Like yeah. we'll talk about this. Let's see. And always presenting God's um, design. I talk about instead of giving kids rules, because like I don't know if you had. Okay, this my, this is gonna shock you. My parents had no dating rules for for and had three. They had three boys. All right. Dating rules. There was nothing. I honestly, I don't even remember if I had a curfew in high school. Yeah. It was just like, and I think as also they knew my bent. Like I was not interested. So it was like, sure. oh, whatever, that's not a big deal. Um, but I think the the level, the rules without the explanation of why is like gets gets kind of lost. Hmm. And if, if a kid is um, preteen and teen trying to figure out who they are, yeah. Like identity is huge. They, they're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. They're going to like press buttons and things. And yeah. if they don't know why a rule is there, they're just going to like, oh, okay. let's and find that's out. Just, yeah. I don't, I don't break that rule. Um, <laughs> so I think just having, being open to those conversations is huge. One of the things I've done in my classroom, uh, it's my favorite. So at grade six class, right? Yeah. The D word dating yes. comes up. <laughs> and like it's great because like some kids are not ready and it's sure. awkward and some kids are like Ooh, right right some so, kids are already dating somebody on oh, snapchat like, oh yeah like yeah. and it's just it's just such a varied experience but i i like this is my clear-cut way of like sh- shutting it down so we just have a class meeting and we're just like okay and this and some kids are so 
uncomfortable. It's the, <laughs> the greatest. So, like, I heard people are, like, dating. Like, come on, tell me what the purpose of this is. Just you awkward. do that in your classroom? Oh, yeah. It's oh. so good. And then one time, a good friend of mine who's an EA was, like, coming into the class. And she just sat in the back with a big grin on her face. And I was like, so, like, dating. So what's the purpose and anyway like I kind of guide things to the point where I'm like so like you do that when you're like ready to like start a family <laughs> anybody here ready to start a family and like awkward everyone's oh. just so uncomfortable I'm <laughs> this just is incredible I just let it sit there anyway so even in class having that open discussion as to like also you know when you date someone you date someone and you get with them and then like it progresses to a family. Like, right. that's kind of the, the, the natural progression. Like, that's and the point. And those grade sixes who were exposed early, they're, they're actually genuinely so innocent. Yes. That they're like, oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> you yeah, know? Well, and going back to what you said earlier, whoever introduced them to dating, likely it wasn't their parents, no, is no. going to be the one that informs them further on that yeah. topic. So, of course, they don't have any idea what they're... What that entails yeah. right and when you present them with logical steps they were like oh okay and just like also the the fact that mr g said dating was horrifying for them so they, they're like i am never touching that area ever <laughs> they're like never again right and it just like it stops like can you be friends yeah okay okay so and then we just talk about, like, oh, okay, so some people are pretty uncomfortable right now, right? Yeah. So when you say that you're dating someone, that's how people actually feel, too. That's it's weird, right? And then they're like, oh, yeah. It's so just having those and, – and it's – for me, it's a weird thing because, I, like, I find that awkward moments with kids are, like, is funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. So as a parent, you, like, enjoy the awkward moment. Oh, that's uh, a great point. Enjoy the awkward moment. Right? You yeah. need to. You need to. Because I think as if you – if they're if it comes up and you discuss it, they go, oh, like, mom and dad aren't mad at me, and I don't ha- like I don't have to feel guilty, you know. Yes. I don't have to. And then to also understand, like, I think as parents, we just have to study a bit about the stages of development too, right? Mm. To be like, okay, like, when my kid is in grade seven or eight, and they're grade six, seven, eight, going through puberty, they're going to have these like, yeah feelings yeah. and things and it's gonna be like yeah and and a lot of times we just forget but we were there like you know mm. if you think back you're like oh yeah okay so if 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 i i don't i don't want them to get hurt i don't want them to have a, a bad pattern so if i'm so parenting out of fear i end up like putting stigma around some stuff that doesn't need to have that right sure and and then kids go <gasps> Right. When it wasn't like, oh, like it actually, yeah, you're going to have, you know, if you're going through puberty, this is some of the things that are going to happen. Yeah. Yada, yada. Anyway, so that's the hard conversation to have for parents for sure because it's so awkward because it's your little baby, you know. Um, But being open and having those conversations early definitely allows that culture and space in your family for them to come back with some more difficult stuff when they're in high school you know yes, and right and um having god's word inform that and just mm. be like you know what this is how god made you right yeah you're going through puberty yeah you're supposed to that's how god made it yeah and believe it or not yeah. god created puberty, puberty. <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, so that's really good. I want to go back to mm-hmm. what you said at the beginning: is the 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 person who first introduces mm-hmm. a kid to a subject becomes their what? What was the wording you used? It's there? like in their mind, and I don't know if they had articulated that way, but in in a child's mind, they become kind of the expert. Yes. So this is and whatever tr- tr- false or true, whatever fact or thing it is that they have put in their mind early yeah um will take root first right Mm. so um having having that awareness to know okay you know what my child's asking these questions they're kind of doing these things Ah, i'm gonna just talk to them about this or you know what my child's friend i heard mentioned something right and i'm for dinner yeah and i'm i wasn't ready yeah but now we're in right Mm -hmm. because it's already come up and i want to i want to be speaking over this early right rather than letting simmer in the back of their head right because as a parent we want our kids to come to us as if we are the ones the experts mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's not like we're experts no but we want to be able to speak that to our kids yeah exactly. something that has come up for me this summer that i have been studying this book with some of our impact leaders mm-hmm. uh, our youth leaders called faith for exiles and so it's done by um the barna research group they're a faith-based oh, yeah. research um company and they interviewed you know a zillion gen z students um and they identified five key practices of young people who have resilient faith in Jesus Mm. Christ that informs their life every day. And Mm. one of the things they talk about is, um, so the book is called Faith for Exiles, and the analogy is that these young followers of Jesus are exiles in digital Babylon, which is the world we live today, informed by smartphones and algorithms and social media. And when when you mentioned the first person to introduce a subject to our kids kind of becomes the expert mm-hmm. that for gen z this generation of you know kids um in high school to beginning of university mm-hmm. today uh that's google oh yeah for yeah. so many kids because it's easier to ask the you know glowing rectangle in your pocket yeah. a question about sex than it is to ask another human yeah and then we keep going back to it i'd be interested to know how does technology influence your the kids in your classroom? Like, does that, oh. does, what what is it like, or, or what would be helpful for parents to know yeah. about the way that technology is teaching our kids? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm so glad you brought that topic up. Um, it's, uh, see, the, there's a, I find in a lot of parents, there's a disconnect as the impact of technology has on their kids. They don't understand it. They kind of see it one generation ago, right? Mm. Um, when we were growing up, what was technology? Basically, your Nintendo and your TV. I mean, it's, sure. not, it's not ideal, right? <laughs> You're not really getting smarter. Right. But it never has that. It's, it's not the influence of technology um, on the way kids think and the way they socialize is way stronger now than ever. Yeah. Huge. And I'm like a bit, I'm a tech. So I talk to my class about this. Um, I tell them, you know, I'm a tech nerd. Like you guys see my classroom. Like if I can spend money on it, I do. And I get gadgets. That's I so love awesome. It. Um, so awesome. And then I asked and they, and they were like, oh, and like they know I'll have kids because my kids will come visit and stuff. And, oh, well, like what do you kids do on tech? And, and I'm 
actually, I don't do much with my kids on time. Well, yeah, like they do Dreambox math, you know, 20 minutes a day on sure. an iPad, and that's it. And they're like, why? And I was like, because, guys. And, and, and we have these conversations. And I think, but a lot of times parents um, are unaware of so many impacts that technology has. I mean, we could talk about this as a whole yeah. podcast episode, yeah. right? We, we can could do a whole season on it. Yeah. I, bet. I mean, there's studies. When you look at, when you go and ask, you know, the execs of the, the big five, you know, sure. You look at Google's execs and Facebook's execs and you just, they're getting old enough. They're having kids and you know what? Hmm. Their kids are not on tech. Wow. Like they enroll their kids in like, Unplugged schools. It's the cool hip thing. Is that a thing? Do. Yeah, it's it's Southern California, like Silicon Valley execs unplugged put their kids schools. in these unplugged schools where they're out in Whoa. the bush doing things, you know. And you're like, wait, so what do they recognize that we're we're kind of maybe not paying attention to? And that, and I'm not saying technology is evil. It's not. Yeah. But I think you have to just like with those conversations and topics that have to be at the right time when the child is ready. I think technology is very much the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really impacts so much of the social life of the kids in schools um, when they're exposed to it, when they're not ready, right? Um, one of the examples I give is like, you know, when I was, I'll tell my class, you know, when I was in grade six, like I made some mistakes, like, yeah, like I, you know, set a friend, said things I shouldn't have said in someone's face or yeah. whatever, and like was not nice, and, you know, yeah, I'm always a human. I did all these things, uh, but I did them in real life, and that person forgot, and I forgot. We maybe we moved past it, and then we didn't recall it. There was nothing, right? Um, and then I told them, you know, it's so much easier to be to to get worked up and say something through a screen mm-hmm. right yeah just boom 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 send yeah done screen picture, picture, strength send oh yeah like it's screen strength right yeah you're, you're totally right and then think about it even when and i try to in a you know nerdy tech way be like okay so you know jimmy sends a message to john on <laughs> instagram yeah and he sends it and it bounces off of the server in Kitchener and goes to Toronto, bounces <laughs> off of that. And then Instagram has a backup server in Hungary and that backup <laughs> server has a backup server in China. Right. And you know, you have privacy laws in Canada which protect you. So when you delete that message, it's deleted off of these servers. But the Hungarian server doesn't care about your Canadian laws. And all these, and I'm trying to explain to them, like, you know, when you digitally do something, it's permanent mm-hmm. right so when you get angry and send that really mean message it's out there somewhere right when, when you you know felt silly and took a picture and sent it off yes. it's out there and yeah. so when we made mistakes growing up you know it was in the real world right and we could forgive we could forgive or maybe a few people saw it and they're like yeah i remember that time you thought it'd be a great idea to take that bike down that hill right yeah Right. But now it's on video and right. everyone sees it and yeah. everyone and can rehash it anytime. And we see that this in the newsreel, right? Mm-hmm. So-and-so in 2007 right. said this on Twitter. And you're right. like, yeah, yes. guys, come Cancel. on. <laughs> yeah, right? Cancel culture. So I think when we're raising our kids and we're starting to like, again, we have to pick the right times for them to even have social media accounts, yeah, right? Yeah, like, so important. 
why why is it why is that influence why do we want that influence opened when if our kids aren't ready um and then when they are we have to train them we have to talk about like hey um and so with my class we we talk about hey so if you're putting something out there you want it's going to be permanent right Mm -hmm. it's it's out there you can't yeah undo it so and it's going to be public and you think oh but i'm instant messaging so and so like okay we can go through the 20,000 permutations of how that can get out and right? can you be screenshot any in a and exactly and then like i do, i do things on tech where i'm like guys am i an expert no like my hacker no but look at me like basically find things just by using the simple tools we have mm-hmm. um so being aware of those and how you use those tools and be like okay so it's okay if you're posting a picture of your cat like sure when you apply for that executive position in whatever company in 15 years no one's gonna pull up a picture mm-hmm. of your cat and be like how dare you right right <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah but so but if they don't they're it's so hard because that social um influence in combination with their they the risk assessment in kids right. adolescence is so it's like stunted zero. right <laughs> so it's really hard because they they really feel the push and then and then they put out posts and things like that and things snowball and now i mean we've got situations where the school have schools often now have to step in mm-hmm. you know yes it's and which you'd think oh this is beyond the realm of a school but no if two students are involved in some situation on social media somewhere mm-hmm. then the school has to step in too and all these things so um that all that to say, basically, I think as parents, just to we, we we need to be more cognizant that this technology is different than the one that we would refer to in our generation, maybe mm. or generation past. And right. I think a lot of people are aware of that. Yeah. But I just it's just that ability to go, okay, it really does influence how kids think and how they process things into so. It, it, you you protect them from it, but if you don't inform them, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, like okay, you're not getting a social media account until you're 13 because first of all, it says it's on the form, so you'd be lying, <laughs> right? Right. So when the grade <laughs> sixes in my class were like, I'm like, oh, who has Instagram? And they raise their hands. I'm like, okay, liar, 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 <laughs> liar. YouTube, yeah, lie because you're not 13. You're right. Not. <laughs> right. Totally. Um, but that's you know limiting it is a big piece of that controlling it, but then also discussing like. Hey, having that conversation of you know when I you know when I was your age, this is what it was like, and is it different with you? Yeah, well, there's some risks involved, and how does this work? And and when kids start to understand that, they take better measures. Um, do you think it's possible for kids to understand the scope that technology plays? Like, do you think it's possible for them to get it? Like, every, yeah, it's a good question. It really depends on the kid. Hmm. I've had a grade six student. Um, I'm not going to mention her name, but yeah, privacy. But she was like mature, way beyond sure. her years, right? And this this conversation, that awkward conversation, she was in that class, <laughs> um, and she was like, "Yeah, I get it. That's why I don't." And so, some kids, it depends on who they are and how their um, bent is too. Um, but I think you're right. It's hard. It's hard to say. Can we even say what percentage of those kids would have the, you know? Yeah, but I mean, it, it it to go back to what you said earlier, a big part of 
parenting is observing and studying your kids mm-hmm. so that you know when they're ready for what they're ready for. Yeah. Um, and I think parents uh, have, I mean, my mom seemed to be able to read my mind as a kid. Yeah, I remember you know? that. And uh, so <laughs> I think I think that God has graced parents with the mm-hmm. ability to, to have that gauge of yeah. knowing are they ready for this? Are they not? Mm-hmm. And not to respond in fear, but to respond with wisdom. Absolutely. To be like, all right, how are we going to handle this? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for speaking to the technology piece because it is such a big thing. And I think if I could help parents understand anything is that th- what happens digitally weighs way more than mm-hmm. we think it does as yeah. the generation above it. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, it was just a Snapchat. It was just a, it was just a DM. Like <laughs> Yeah. But for a kid in junior high, it's like, this is my whole this world. This is my whole life. <sighs> it is, you know? isn't it? And it's just, I think as the generation removed or too removed, like, it's so hard for us to fathom, like, well, just delete. <laughs> like, unfollow. I don't know. This is the easiest solution. They're going to figure out that I unfollowed them. Like, I know. They're going to know. Oh, it's crazy. So crazy. But I want to hear what they have to say. But why? <laughs> They're not being nice. Yeah, yeah it's it is, and it, you know, psychologically, there's a lot of books coming out. It was really interesting time mm-hmm. um, talking about the how these platforms and these um, devices are rewiring, right? There's yeah, rewiring the human brain. It's just really Yikes. interesting, right? Um, so I think, I mean, obviously, that's a whole other topic, but yeah. it's worthwhile for parents of in this generation to be you know pre- preparing ourselves to have an answer for those situations and to speak god's word and god's truth into right mm-hmm. yeah that's so good mm-hmm. well hebron this has been an awesome conversation um i have so enjoyed it and have learned a lot and we we covered a lot i would love to know before we sign off yeah um is there Anything on your heart or on your mind that you want to share before we sign off encouragement or anything that that comes to mind? Um, You know, I think the number one thing for us as parents um, is to, things aren't going to go perfectly. You know, our kids are going to screw up. I think just just be cognizant of that, Hmm. that grace that God has in in that they are not going to be perfect even though your baby's the perfect one, you know, like, um, but in awareness of that, I think to, to point our kids to their identity as often as we possibly can. So I don't know, I picked this up from someone years ago and I don't even remember who it was, but I, when I tuck in my kids, we have this exchange of like, Hey, do you know who you are? And they'll be like, yes, God. And I'm a prince or I'm a princess. That's right. Cuz you're got you you know and then I asked them what does that mean? Huh. Um and the response is it doesn't matter what I do or you know it's not based on my performance. I'm always going to be you know a child yeah. of God. I think that identity piece especially in our world for them to be rooted in that truth that no matter what happens you know christ has paid the price um for you to be his child there's nothing you can you know the bible talks about no heights no depths there's no there's nothing no principalities powers nothing in the universe can separate you from your 
father, you know? Yeah. So just know that. And then, yes, whatever messes life brings, God's grace will guide through it. But if they are rooted in that identity of who they are, like things, um, I think maybe they're less likely to be fooled by the enemy or be fooled by the world or the culture. But regardless, I think that's like a habit that I just so cherish. Um, now, I'm not perfect. I don't do it every night because I'm like really tired. I'm like, all right, just go to bed. <laughs> but I try to. And I think saying that to them reminds me that of who I am too, mm. which is really special. Anyway, so that's... I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank well, you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Hey, it's been my pleasure, Hebron. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Hebron, thank you so much for that conversation. Thanks for letting us into your classroom discussions, for sharing your experiences with your kids, for telling us about your relationship with the Bratfords. Thank you so much. It's clear that God's wisdom and his grace is the foundation for your parenting as you parent with your wife, Tiana. Uh, And that came through today big time. So I, I appreciate you and I look forward to more conversations we can have in the future. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to hear what you're learning. You can shoot us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also send us a DM at coinania.church, and we would love to connect with you on Instagram. We would love if you would rate and review this show, because when you do that, it actually puts the episodes in front of more families so that we can continue to help each other lead our families well and disciple our kids together. Thanks so much for joining us on The Fam today. We will see you next time.